Welcome back to the Gopher, guys. This is James DePoint. I'm joined by my good buddy here, Pete Carlson. The show is brought to you once again by Rock Solid Financials. Reach out to them with all your tax, bookkeeping, and accounting needs. You can find them on the World Wide Web at rocksolidfinancials.com. Pete, we are returning. I, I'm actually sitting in my car right now on a random street because of COVID-19. I need a, a quiet place to eat. It's the first time we've been remote away from each other podcast this is this is new beginnings for all of us here it is it is it is what it is and, and you're in the comfiness of your own home i understand correct yeah exactly <laughs> must be rough must be rough you gotta keep the superstars right. happy you know <laughs> whatever works yeah. hey well let's get into it we've been absent for a while for obvious reasons um and i i will say this obviously we want to be sensitive to everyone out there that's has been affected by this uh, ugly virus and whatnot of family members and close ones and loved ones and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're hopefully looked at uh, trying to bring um, some whites uh, amongst the craziness out there. So obviously sports are very, they're important, but they're not as important of it as everything else. So obviously we do this uh, for fun, uh, but obviously we're sensitive to those that are actually fighting the real fights out there. So um with that in mind, let's jump into it, Pete. The last time our duel for hoops actually had a real basketball game was way back March 11th. It was a Wednesday. We were playing the mighty, mighty Northwestern Wildcats. And I'm pretty pretty sure we ended our season with a victory. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. That's correct. So in a normal year, that means we'd be like cutting down the nets or something. <laughs> Good point. Or at least, yeah, at least the Big Ten nets, yeah. But then yeah. I guess you would probably make it to the NCAA tournament. That's right. Sound logic. So you would think something special was happening. But instead, no, we finished our season 15 and 16, 8 and 12 in the Big Ten. That puts us 12th overall. In the Big Ten, out of 14 teams, mind you, are you going to define that as a successful season? I'm going to step away from the microphone as I prepare for your response. <laughs> uh, no, I think, you know, I don't know if we can pull out the archives, but 12 to 14 was uh, a disappointment in my range, if I recall correctly. So, okay. so okay. no, I think five to seven was what I was shooting for, for a successful season. Um, eight to eleven was eh okay, and twelve to fourteen would be disappointment. Okay. So I will stay true to my grading at the beginning of the season and podcast, and say disappointment. I I concur with that. I mean, that's obviously the obvious answer. And I I looking back, I don't know what more you know, could have been done. If, you know, if you look at it, it's like, oh, Turu couldn't have played any better. Marcus Carr, I think, was who Marcus Carr was. You know, we said that, you know, we live or die with him at the very first part podcast we were talking about that. He, for what he is, I think he played all right overall. I mean, he, he won them some games, but he also lost them some games. And so I, overall, I call him a moot point for the most part. I think he was neutral. And then Gabe never really showed up. And then no one really emerged on top of that. 
So that's kind of how you end up 8-12 in the Big Ten, right? I mean, you had, you had one superstar, and he single-handedly carried us. But other than that, it was like we were waiting for something to emerge, and it never happened. So uh, I think in 15-16 and 16 overall record is probably deserving of how good we were. Well, so I, I hear what you're saying, but the, the thing is, uh, for some reason, like statistically, it was a much better year than our record. That'd be the only silver lining. So like you said, a tour will play outside. I mean, played out of his mind and it feels like a waste um, with him going to the NBA now, you know, not kind of wasting that season, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, I was looking at the Big Ten standings and it, you know, if I was in Patino's shoes defending my case, I'd say, well, you know, three more wins and we're in fifth place in the Big Ten uh, at 11 and 9 instead of 8 and 12. So, and in the Kempom rankings, they were 27, which is the highest in Patino's years. So I could see a whole, you know, now you got to win ball games and you got to have the ball bounce the right way a few times. Um, but I think this was an unlucky, not a clutch team down the stretch. And that, that killed a few games, and that was the difference between being fifth and twelfth in the Big Ten. I think it's that competitive and that strong of a conference where you just cannot do that. And of course, the non-conference schedule was bad start from the get-go. We talked about that, uh, but the strength of schedule was number three. So you know, you got so just in the country in the right? country. So I mean, you gotta give some credit from the schedule they played, how they battled. Um, but still 12. I feel like I feel like part of you is getting your pockets lined from one of Patino's bobos or something. How you find a way to find a way to bring up strength of schedule. You know, the Big Ten is super strong, unprecedented depth this year, all that kind of thing. Is is there something I should know in regards to that, or, or is it no. just straight? Uh, these are my these are uh, these opinions are my own. I'm just bringing a different perspective, um, okay, and a much more optimistic one. But uh, it kind of stinks that they they ended as bad as they they did, given how efficient they were on offense statistically. Yep. And yep. by the way, I have one one random question on the year. I I thought just kind of combing over the stats. Who do you think our best three-point shooter was? Oh, gosh. Now you're putting me on I the mean, spot I hate to put you on the spot definitely. here, but I got two this questions. Definitely here. not fair. I, I'm i going to say it, like, huh, it better not be the one that I'm thinking of. Um, I do know Turu shot it fairly well. I don't know if you're putting a minimum. Are you putting a minimum on me or no? Is there minimum attempts? No. No, but okay. I think I think everyone I know, in play that I'm looking at is you know plus thirty five attempts. Let's call it that. Plus thirty five. Okay, yeah. So I know Oturu shot somewhere around like thirty three to thirty five percent, which was which was pretty good. Um, I I'm gonna say final answer. Peyton Willis, I'm saying is probably gonna emerge since you're asking me. But it, it better not be Marcus Carr. If you say Marcus Carr. Um, I'm going to lose my mind, but I'm going to go ahead and take final answer. Awesome. Well, let's go with uh, Isaiah Enan at 38%. No. And really? guess who's number two? One more chance, because you, you, haven't, you haven't said his name yet. Oh, don't say It's not Gabe. It can't be Gabe. No, uh, Oturo. So our two big guys. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, 
it just shows how good it is and how well, and talk a little bit about Isaiah Ina and how he looked really good uh, down the stretch, I think, offensively. Defensively, he was uh, atrocious, but he's young. Um, and so, yeah, it's really interesting. Talk, we talked about three-point shooting all year. I just thought it was interesting that uh, Isaiah Enan and Oturu, who probably shot a third of the, you know, the main three guards in terms of attempts, but great shooters. Marcus Carr was next at 36%, uh, Willis at 36%, and Gabe at 34 So how terrible we talked about how our, the team was at three-point shooting. I mean, it's not terrible, um, I think it was really streaky is that what I think the, if you really dice the numbers, you would, I think it was either feast or famine, which was part of the problem, but overall yeah. not terrible numbers. And then just for your sake, Michael Hurt was 36%, but he only attempted 14. So, um, yeah. but the, just the interesting kind of thing, how, you know, Aturo, how good of a player he was and just think how good he would be next year with that long range shot. I mean, he was almost in the big 10 play. I think he was the best percentage uh, 37%. So pretty incredible. Yep. And I think the only part of that that I think is deceiving about those statistics, because on paper, that doesn't sound terrible, right? I mean, ideally you want to be at 40% to be a, a great three point shooter, but it doesn't sound terrible. But I feel like just by watching the stats will, you know, back me up or not back me up on this. So we, we'd have to look, but I feel like if you look into the games of, what games did we shoot really poor and what games did we shoot really well? I feel like we shot out of our minds against the really poor teams. You know yeah. what I mean? When we played Northwestern or we played, you know, Nebraska, you know, that's where Gabe goes off for six out, six for eight threes or something like that. But then the next night against a, uh, a actual decent team, then he goes oh for 8. You know what I mean? But typically that weighs out to be a decent percentage. So, um I think that's where those stats are a little misleading, but I do appreciate the uh, the other side of the coin there that you know, I think we're going in the right direction. I I don't mind Patino's philosophy with chucking up more threes. Actually, that is where basketball is moving, and statistically, you do want to shoot more threes. It's kind of the either shoot threes or get layups, so I want Patino more so, and we'll get into this later moving on in next year. I want him to have more of an Pushing the ball where we can get transition layups and transition points and get those easy buckets to keep the scoreboard moving. Um, and not such a slow down, methodical half court game because Patino's never been a half court offense coach. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. feel like he never gets our guys good looks. So I'm hoping we can find the right personnel to uh, get more into that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So. Very good. Um, one coming backing up um, to the Big Ten tournament there. Uh, we would have won the whole Big Ten tournament, though, if, if not for COVID-19. Is that is that a correct statement? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's correct. I mean, we, we were, like I said, I mean, 27th in the nation in Ken Palm. I mean, it was bound, the luck was bound to turn our way. We were just peaking. I mean, two wins were I in the Big so. Dance, right? I mean, I, I thought so. I thought we were going to be cutting it down on Sunday, but then COVID nineteen decided to prance its way into our lives and destroy it all. So I mean, you're not going to lose to Iowa three times. So I mean, that game was a for sure win. It got tougher yeah. after that, but I think it was Illinois next. Maybe maybe we got yeah. maybe we ran into some trouble on the weekend, but I, I saw nothing but here, W's. We been there. Yeah. So Patino thought we would have made NCAA tournament if we made it to Saturday. 
uh, he came up publicly saying that. Do you think that's, what's your thought on that? Do you think that's actually accurate or what's your thought there? I think there was a chance. I wouldn't yeah. say it's a guarantee, but I do think there was a chance. 12th in the Big Ten, the 12th. Well, nine teams were going to go, right? Tournament. Yeah, nine or ten teams might have made it. But and the, We're in 12th. Yeah, but a game or two. I mean, the, if you overachieved in the Big Ten tournament and you know, you're know you just a game or two behind the middle of the pack in the Big Ten going into it, if they want to emphasize conference tournaments, yeah, I could see a situation where they get in there. We'll only, we'll only have to debate that for the rest of our lives because we'll never know. Never but, know. That's right. Um, looking forward to next year, a couple of interesting tidbits. Obviously, Daniel Turu, which shouldn't have surprised anyone, announces his full declaration uh, with no opting out to the 2020 NBA draft. Your thoughts on that? Great player, great kid, happy for him. Obviously bummed. Yeah. We can't see him for three years. I think everyone would have thought he would have had three years in him when he came. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, it's a good problem to have. But kind of a bummer that you didn't get a good run out of him in terms of the tournament. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense for him, and, and that's awesome. You know, I've spoken many times about I love how a kid just from the state just is all in on the U of M. I think – that's rare these days, but I think it's important to celebrate when it happens. And yep. he's got a bright future. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, he, he had to cash out, and for him, good for him. He, he's going to get paid a lot of money, and his stock could not be any higher right now. So time for him to cash out. He worked hard for it, and wish him nothing but the best. And I haven't seen anyone giving him a hard time right now, uh, which is obviously uh, the right call. So... Kudos to him. We're gonna have huge shoes to fill next year with it. Uh, we'll get into um, we'll get into the transfer from Drake, uh, seven footer that that just uh, that just announced his commitment to you in a bit. But uh, other news in relation to the 2020 NBA draft, which was a little bit more surprising, and I'll speak for myself, was I was absolutely shocked when I heard this news. Marcus Carr, of all people, testing waters with the 2020 NBA draft. Pete, talk me off the ledge here. What on earth is he thinking? He's a confident kid. <laughs> Maybe overconfident. Is he, is, is he it, confident it, or is he, I, is he a lunatic? No, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it doesn't hurt, right? I mean, you just put your name in there, you get some feedback, and you get a year, another year to work on it. I don't think anybody's thinking he'll actually go. I do think he's a very confident yeah. kid that probably has a uh, – we've talked about this before. I, I think he thinks a little higher of himself and so does the coach than maybe what he is. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I was completely shocked when I saw that. It wasn't even on my radar. So when I saw it, I was like, uh, okay. But everything is saying that he'll come back, which I'm assuming is the case. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't even know how he can make it to the next level. He has a long ways to go. I mean, Nate Mason is kind of – you know, I could see him playing overseas or something because I'm thinking of like Nate yep. Mason, who I think is a better player than Carr. Um, yep. Is thinking the G League last? Um, um, I looked, but yeah, I don't. Yep. I don't know about. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, we need a lot more consistency out of him next year. And he, it was a young team, and I think it was a uh, uh, none of the seniors or juniors are really leaders. 
So, I mean, yep. it was a young team, and i looking forward to seeing him, you know, prove out kind of his more consistency and clutch play at the end of the games where a few of those games that we lost this year will be wins next year. But we also don't have yep. Daniel Turu, so that's a problem there. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the car situation. Yep, and the one thing that is interesting now, it kind of tips his hand, so to speak, with that next this coming year, it's probably going to be his last year. If he's already thinking about it this year, yeah, I feel like he's a for sure out. And keep in mind, in all fairness to him, he did have to sit out a full year. So, you know, I mean, he's he'll he will have been in college for four years um, this coming this coming year. So, uh, I realize, you know, if he thinks he wants to play at the next level, probably wants to get there as soon as he can. So um, that all makes sense. I just, I just don't think he's really an NBA player. I mean, he doesn't have the size, and he's not as skilled as he's, – he's a skilled college – D1 college player, but I don't – I wouldn't put him in an elite category. And point guards in the NBA, you have to be elite. I mean, think about comparing Amir Coffey, how elite he was last year for the Gophers. Dude, he's, he's barely – barely get on an NBA roster. He, he kind of nestled in a little bit with the Clippers, but he's not really seeing legitimate playing time. And he's six eight, and he's more of a you know wing small forward. I mean, Carr is not bad, and he's a point guard. So uh, with lesser lesser skills, I would argue. So I think he's got an uphill climb. But like you said, confident kid. I think he gets great feedback that hopefully only helps him and helps our Gophers next year. Um, but shocking nonetheless that he's he's going in that way. Do you think it's in any way a reflection of his relationship with Coach Patino that he's looking to jump out so early and that you know Amir wanted to get out early and obviously a tour I think it's a different deal, but do you think it's any of that or is that just pessimism or or what's your thought there? No, I think you can go down that road. I don't know if it's the. I don't know if it's a hundred percent true. I'm not. You know, we're not there um, yep. every day. But um, I mean, you could go down that road with the his assistant coaches too. I mean, Rob Jeter left for a head coach job, Western Illinois. Uh, but he's lost. Patino's lost three assistants in the last two years. So yep. I mean, it, and I don't. I, uh, Brad, ben Johnson went to Xavier, and Kamani Young went to Connecticut. Um, you know, maybe there's personal reasons. I can't. I don't. I didn't look into all the details again of what position they were and whatnot. But I do think you could have some fun with that narrative. I don't know if I believe it 100, percent but um, it. You know, it's something on the court. What you see on TV, um, he doesn't seem like he'd be uh, a, a great person to play for, in my opinion. Um, yep. It doesn't mean he's not a good person, but his style is definitely tougher and. And um, we just talked about that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, his ability to connect is probably not the best. Um, he's a sarcastic guy, hilarious on Twitter, like we talked about. And I think he's got a great sense of humor and, and, and talks through the game well. But I don't know how well he relates to the kids. Or he's probably pretty hard on his assistants. And that's maybe why they went elsewhere. I don't know. So I think you could, yeah. you could, I mean, Marcus Carr is his kid though. If he, if he leaves early, um, then you could really say, well, okay, 
right? I mean, I, I would say yep. Carr is treated the best of anybody from what you can see as a as a, just a watcher of the games and in the media and whatnot. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, Coyle announces that Patino will return next year, so obviously we had plenty of fun trying to predict who might be his replacement if Patino was, was fired. Um, but Coyle did stand behind uh, Patino, at least for now, um, for next year, that he will be indeed returning to the mighty Golden Gophers bench next year. Did COVID-19 save Mr. Richard Patino's job, Peter? Uh, no. No? No. You think he would have came back? Yeah. Either way? Yep, I do. I do. I think uh, he's on a short leash, but I think he's gonna was going to be given a another year no matter what. I do. I think people saying that saved his job is... I get what they're saying, but I, I really don't think he was. What were you gonna do? I mean, who were you gonna bring in? You had yep. a young, you had a yep. young team. You had Mashburn coming in. Aturo was developed, fan, you know, fan, fantastic develop. But the, the stats were good. The record was disappointing, but the stats were good. Um, I think he's on a very short leash, but I, I really believe he would have, he would have came back no matter, no matter what. So that's my opinion. Yep. Yep. No, that's that's fair. Um, going into next year, then um, let's talk. Obviously, we have uh, the kid from Drake, who happens to be the assistant coach's nephew, which is obviously a realistic connection that he would come here. Then uh, seven footer, he's supposed to replace Oturo. Hopefully, he can. They're trying to get him immediate eligibility for next year. Who knows if that will happen. It's kind of like the Marcus Carr thing. We thought we were going to have him, um, but the NCAA can do whatever they want to do. So uh, we won't know that. So that's kind of um, hinges this and affects this question a lot. But let's go into next year's predictions of what, what you see with this team as far as uh, where we might finish in the Big Ten, Big Ten record. Uh, we're going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, with our given roster, who we have coming in, and you can kind of, I don't know how much it affects whether the Drake kid uh, is eligible or not in, in your predictions, but give me, give me something, give the, give the listeners something as far as predictions going into next year, what is realistic expectations for us as Gopher fans. Um, well, that's a tough question at this point. but uh, loaded, I realize. It, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, you have the big, the big, uh, the four and five positions are the biggest concern. And yeah, uh, whether uh, Liam can play next year or not, it's a big deal. I know they're still looking at immediate transfers. Um, yeah, I think they their slashing ability. They really miss coffee there, and I don't see anybody on the team that can fill that role. Um, yeah. So I don't know. They're very guard heavy, and Mashburn's a guard, and he's your top recruit. So. Um, yep. with that all being said, I really think it's a do or die season for Patino. And I think they're just bound to have a bounce back year, um, with, uh, Kelsher, Willis, Carr, and I think Eden and Williams will be good players. And if they can figure out how to supplement, you know, Omersa and, and a couple other big guys from the transfer portal, I can see them being 11 to nine fifth place. 11 and nine fifth place. Hey, Pete, did you, I, I, I'm not sure if you're aware, did you hear when I was talking earlier, we were actually not having Oturo back next year. Like, he, he is fully 
declared to the NBA draft. So it's just want to let you pull back your prediction that Daniel Latour will not be on our roster. So we, we finish 8 and 12 with Daniel Latour, and you're telling me we're going to be, I believe you just said 11 and 9, if, if I heard that correctly, without Daniel Latour. Is that, is that correct? Uh, thank you for walking me through that decision. Uh, yes, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. I wasn't that bold, la- you know, this past year, but you know, I'm learning stuff here. I gotta be bolder. My prediction. So, I'm 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 going eleven nine. I don't. It doesn't make sense to you, right? It's you know, but but Big Ten, you know, maybe be a little down next year. I mean, Wisconsin. I mean, for crying out loud, Wisconsin. I don't know how they win the Big Ten this year. It's just ridiculous. And we, I don't want to spend much, and sorry to interject, but 11 and 6 in Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. I mean, is that, you look at the, and I think we've talked about this before, but on air, off the air, but how on earth does that roster win the Big Ten in a loaded Big Ten this year? How does that roster win the Big Ten? I know. Does just That's why I think it's such a crapshoot, and I think this year... So I think they could have easily been eleven and nine this year with Oturo. I'm thinking yeah. the sophomores getting one year older will compensate and they will fill in something serviceable in the four and five position with Eden, Omersa, and a transfer. That's why I'm saying I think the guard play is going to be solid, and uh, with Mashburn coming in and Trey and they're. You know, I don't, it seems like it'd take a miracle to get Sam Freeman ready by next year, but if they can, you know, Mercer, I think... He's, play, not, he's not doing any. Sam Freeman's not going to play. He, he'll transfer out. There's, true. There's no way he sticks around. So, I mean, and then probably Greenlee probably transfers out. There's just too many guards. Um, yeah. And um, so, I, you know, Ian, if he can bulk up and play a little bigger, he's a nice player, I think. Um, and he yeah. got pretty strong over the course of the year. So, another year... Um, Omersa get a couple finishing moves and play just awesome defense and rim protecting, and you get one guy to come in and play the five. Um, yeah, eleven. I'm feeling better and better the more I talk about it. I feel better and better about the prediction. Hey, that's so. Do you so eleven and nine, fifth in the Big Ten? So that sounds like that's got another solid Big Ten depth overall. Is what that sounds like. I don't have our non-conference schedule in front of me, um, but it sounds like if all of what you said happened, you have a slotted at like a that's like a that's like a eight eighth seed in the in the NCAA tournament. What that kind of sounds like to me, like a yeah, if it's big ten. That's like a seven seven or eight seed. Is that what you're saying? Uh, correct. The one factor I'm a little concerned about is the barn atmosphere, okay? It, oh. well, I, I know you think, well, what does it have to do with anything? But, I mean, last year was the lowest attendance since 1970. And with, you know, this will be a common problem, but with COVID, even if we're all back to normal, like how – I wonder if the home court advantage will, like, finally go away. It, even if we go back at full strength in terms of life, I'm just thinking, like, that's going to be – I mean, they're going usually go out with the renewals in – May, you know, in a month from now. And how many people were on the fence all these years? It's going to be the year, especially older people, which is a lot of the Gophers fan base. I know them because they all yell at me for clapping too loud in uh, my section. 
So uh, if they were to clap with me, I think we win a couple more games, James. See, I feel like I'm a part of this. So, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think on the season? That's just my thoughts. Uh, I knew if I gave a range again, I'd get a little ridicule for that. So I'm trying yeah. to put my – I'm trying to put something out there that's definitive so you can critique me when it's wrong. <laughs> hey, now, I, I want you to feel comfortable. This is this is a uh, circle of trust here we're in along with the rest of our listeners. But um, I, I would – Keep, keep in mind, I would love it if we went 20 and 0. So don't don't think that I'm, you know, don't want this to happen. I, of course, I want you to be 11 and 9. I'd be ecstatic with that because I think that would probably put us in fifth place in the big Um No, in all seriousness, I think I think we're more at like a 10 and 10, and I think that's probably fair uh, with with things. Um, so I I don't think you're, you know, I don't think you're too far off maybe now that i step back and look i suppose you're only you know two games above 500 so maybe it is only one game i'm barking at you about but it's it just sounds sounds astonishing to me maybe because we don't have a tour next year but i think if we went 10 and 10 next year in the big 10 i think that would be a great accomplishment because i, th- I do think the big 10 stuff i do think the big 10 will be tough next year I think Patino's probably, if he hasn't done so already, because most of the away games and the non-conference games have already been decided, but I'm sure he'll try and ease up on the non-conference schedule a bit, because uh, I think he thought he was going to have coffee this year. But if we went 10-10 and 10 next year, which I think with the recruits we have coming in could be realistic, and if Carr keeps it open and Gabe figures the shot out, I think we could do some damage, which could be really fun, and especially if we get the Drake kid uh, immediate eligibility, I think I think that could be realistic. Um, but we just we just never know. It's it's like you said, it's a crapshoot in the Big Ten, and I think your point of the attendance thing with with golfers and the whole COVID thing, I do think there's going to be an effect. Who knows how this all play out, but. They could be playing the whole season next year for crying out loud with empty arenas. I mean, who knows? So, um, you know, yeah, it's college basketball, right? It's a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Anything could happen. That's why it's always fun to talk about. So, um, all right. Well, very good. Well, as we as we wrap up, anything to wrap up the 2019 2020 season uh, slash anything looking season. No, I mean, I think we covered it all. It'll be interesting to see how this, um, I think it's a do or die year for Patino next year. It's kind of disappointing the season got cut off, although we probably wouldn't have made the big dance, but that's a big bummer. Missed March Madness, but obviously for uh, understandable. And, you know, next year, here we are patching together a team though, which is always scary. I'd like to be out of this situation at some point, you know, and and I will say Eric Curry's return. I mean, I forgot to mention him. Oh, Gosh, yeah. uh, he's been through so much. Maybe that'll be the surprise. Maybe he can fill in that four or five position and be a real leader. And um, yep. it seems like a team that wants to get better. Um, so I, I, I'm hopeful and optimistic for the year, but that's part of being a Gopher fan. So I know. And you know what? I think we'll be able to agree on this. If, it's a great point you brought up about Eric Curry. If Eric Curry could actually come in and be healthy for the first time in his career and actually put together 
like be an actual contributor, not just a cheerleader from the sidelines. If he can be a contributor, I think he may have the emotional boost and passion and energy and enthusiasm that has been missing from this yeah. team that we talk about all the time. That they, you know they just have no pulse, they have no enthusiasm. Shoot, a guy that sticks with it this long and can finally play, hopefully he can play, mm-hmm. um, if he is able to play, you'd think he'd be playing with a ton of passion, which could be huge. And then, yeah, I could get on board with 11-9. Shoot, I could get on board with 13-7, and seven, Pete. What do you think about that? Let's go. See, now you're already, I mean, just we'll see how it unfolds. But uh, they're due for a bounce-up season. So they they've had stability in the coaching, and they've had the you know the the pipeline, and people are leaving early is the only thing that's kind of screwed it up for the pop, the pop up season. Otero leaving early, and Coffee leaving early. So yep. we'll see. Very good. Well, I like it. It sh- it should be fun. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for all season long sticking with us. Basketball season long, obviously got cut off short there, uh, but looking forward to getting back on the podcast later this summer. Pete, when we preview one of the most highly anticipated gopher football seasons in the last 50 years. Am I, am I exaggerating when I say that? No, I think the uh, expectations will be as high as they've ever been. So, no. Yeah. That'll be fun. So, hopefully college football is on amongst this whole COVID thing. Hopefully all of it um, is all out of its system there, and we'll be back up talking in August. So, everyone stay safe out there. Stay healthy, wash your hands. Sky you ma, go gophers.